Okay, we are on uh, Mem Ahmed Aleph. We are uh, in the second, uh, second wide line. Right, following up, uh, continuing to explain this Mishnah, which talked about the question of someone who does chalitza, does he uh, lose any of the not any of his Yerusha from his father? Does he gain the Yerusha from the brother who for who uh, for whom he did chalitza, uh, or he did chalitza with the, his brother's wife? Um, and does he? And what happens after he does yibum again? Does he? Does he uh, uh, inherit his brother? Does his father? Does the father still inherit the brother, etc.? So let's take a look now at um, at the Gemara. So the Gemara now says in Yesham Av, right? Because this was again in the scenario of a person does chalitza. So they do chalitza. We had said they be, they are like echad mina achin They stay the same. They're able to do to get the Yerusha from their father, from his father, um, uh, but he doesn't get the nachla of his brother because he did chalitza only. So the Gemara said, uh, sorry, the Mishnah had said, right? and there's a father, then the father gets those, uh, he basically inherits his son, the son who had passed away. So says the Gemara, the Amar Mar, av kodin because Mar says that the father is, uh, goes before any of um, any of his, uh, you know, any of his other children, any, anyone else who comes from the father. Meaning, if the father, obviously, if the I shouldn't say obviously, if the if a person has a child, right? So then their child is their yoresh, and that and that's that's the number one. Um, you know, they're, they're the first option in terms of yerusha. Once an individual doesn't have a child, so who comes next, right? So that person has brothers. That person has sisters. That person has. You know other other relative uncles, etc. But the father comes before them. So for example, so meaning if the, if this man passes away, Reuven passes away, and he has brothers Shimon, Levi, Yehuda, etc. The Av comes before all of his own. Right, Yaakov would come before any of his own Yotze Yerechav, any of his own children. So Shimon, Levi, Yehuda, etc. None of them are able to get, get a Yerusha when Yaakov is still alive. That's the point. So uh, the only person who could come before Yaakov would be Reuven's son. Right, if Reuven had a child, so then the, 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 the child is the direct Yorish of Reuven. Otherwise, once, the child, once there's no child in the picture, then the father goes, is, the, is the next one up. And that's why in this situation, im yesham ab nechasim shal av. That's why even you know, if this person was married and passes away, so then the, 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 the immediate Yorish is, is his father. Okay. Um, and all, all of those conversations are, are, are had in the Gemara in Bava Basra and Yishnochan. This Gemara is actually quoted from Bava Basra Kuftesvav, because Yishnochan, that's the, the parak in, in Bava Basra that deals all with this question of Yerusha. Okay, next. Takone says Yibam to etc. Right? So we said, switching from Chalitza to Yibam, if the person does Yibam, so the Mishnah said that he Zacha bin Achasim Shalachiv, he actually gets the, he inherits his brother, whatever his brother's property was, his money, etc., goes to. The so Reuven dies with no children. Shimon does yibum with Reuven's wife. So according to the Tanakhama, Shimon collects everything. He is he is the Yerush. However, Yehuda argued and said, "Bein kach bein kach im yesham ab nechasim shal ab." Yehuda said, "No. If the uh, if the if there's a father still alive, then even if you even if uh, Shimon does yibum, it doesn't make a difference. The money, the 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 property, etc., still goes to the father. So." So, um, but now we're still in Tanakama who says that everything belongs to the brother. Why is that? Says the Gemara, my time. Uh, yakum al-shem achiv am rachmana v'harei kam. 
because the Pasuk says, right, the, again, this, is, this goes back to the same drush we made before, right? The Pasuk says, Yavam Yavah Le'ah, etc. And then it says, Vabachor Asher Teleid, Yakum Hashem Achiv Hames. Right? So the, the, the Bechor will be born. So we've seen many times that that word Habachor is darshaned to mean not the child that's born, but the Bechor also, the Bechor also um, is in a, as a drasha refers to the oldest brother who does, who does Yibo. Right? Habachor, right? Um, and uh, fine. So if that's true, what's the point? The, so what does the Pazit say about the Bechor? The Pazit about the Bechor says, the the bechor shertele yakum hashem achiv right the bechor who's born will be called in the name or will rise up uh, in the place of the brother who passed away so we always say it as and the, the simple shot in the pasuk is that the child that's born now takes on the legacy of the of the original brother right because she, he's born from this man's wife but the the drush the gemara says no the bechor this this brother who stand, steps up in order to do yibum right yakum hashem achiv how come? He did. He, he, he stood up and he did what he was supposed to do. He's Yaakov Hashem Achiv, meaning he should inherit his, his brother. And that's the drasha that the Gemara is trying to make here. Um, because if you go back to the Pasuk and just read it, you say that's not what it's supposed to mean. But that's the, that's the, that's the drasha here. Maybe it's an extension, a continuing with the extension of the drasha that the Bechor refers to the brother who does Yibo. Um, and that's why he collects the inheritance. Okay, Rabbi Huda argued, right? As you mentioned, Rabbi Huda said, no, Benkach or Benkach, whether, the, whether Shimon does. Yibum, whether Shem does chalitza, if there's if there uh, if there's a father, nechasim shalav. That's what Yehuda said. So Amr Ula, halacha k'reb Yehuda. Ula says, yeah, you pass like Yehuda. That's correct. That the money that the, the Yerusha goes to the, to the father, even if the brother does yibum. V'chein Amr Yitzchak Nafra, halacha k'reb Yehuda, and Yitzchak Nafra also said halacha k'reb Yehuda. V'amr Ula v'itaym Yitzchak Nafra. My time with Rabbi Huda and, and either Ula or some say it's not himself, but either one of them, the ones who hold like him and say, and say we pass in Rabbi they want to explain what's the Jerusha, what's sorry, what's the Svara of Rabbi Huda? Why does he say what he says? Right. So again, same, staying the same Jerusha. This again, not the child who's going to be born, but the brother who does Yibam. What happens? So, so that's, that's who we're talking about, right? Ma bechor ein lo av. Just like a bechor, right? If a father has children, Yaakov has Reuben, Shimon, and Levi, and, Reuben, and Yaakov is still alive, Reuben, Shimon, and Levi, how much Yerusha do they get? The answer is zero. As long as their father is alive, they're not going to get any Yerusha. So if that's true, so just like any, any other bechor, right? Ein lo av. He doesn't get any, any Yerusha while his father is still alive. Same thing. So this brother Shimon, why should Shimon all of a sudden be able to get the Yerusha of his father? Again, it's not really the Yerusha of his father, it's the Yerusha of his brother. But because his father is still alive and his father and, 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 this, and, and the brother has no children, who is the automatic Yorish? The automatic Yorish is the father. So in this scenario, the idea of the why, why should Shimon sweep in and be Yorish Ruvain, in the end of the day, in any normal scenario... Um, or just according to the halachas of Yerusha, the father is Yorish, his son, um, because, there's no, because there is no, because the, the son himself has no son. So if that's true, just like any brother can't be Yorish, their father while the father is still alive, so, so to Shimon, who did Yibum, shouldn't be able to be Yorish, in a sense, his father, because he doesn't step in place of his father in a situation while the father is still alive.
Okay. That's an interesting point, right? If that's true, right? If there's an incentive here and a financial one, so you're right. He is going to lose out according to Rabbi Yehuda, and maybe that's going to de-incentivize Yibum. It's a good point. So wait till the end. We'll see how we, what happens at the end here. But yeah, it's a good point. Couldn't we also learn that? I mean, that's the whole problem, right? With with Yibum today, you can only do it if you have the right intent and the right purpose, and uh, you know the right purpose has to be because it's a mitzvah. You're for the mitzvah of having a. Uh, a son for, for the deceased brother, right? Right. Maybe, maybe Rabbi Yehuda is uh, a fan of Abba Shaul, is what you're trying to say. Yeah. Right. Maybe yeah. Rabbi Yehuda is, you know, uh, we don't know, right? But maybe Yehuda just thinks that he's just making a drasha. But you're right. But it does, it, if, to Michael's point, you're de-incentivizing Yibam, Abba Shaul would say, I don't care about that, right? We, we're not interested in, in incentivizing Yibam. We just want to do it. If you have it's a mitzvah to do, then do it. If not, then not. But yes, it's a good point. Um, good. Um, okay, so now the Gemara has the kasha though. Says the Gemara, you want to tell me that this guy Shimon, who did Yibum with his brother's wife, he's like the Bechor? Okay. So if that's true, if he's really like the Bechor, let's make him the Bechor all the way. When his father does pass away, give him, double, give him a double portion in the Yerusha. So says the Gemara, Midi Yakum al Shem Aviv Ksiv. Yokum Ashim Achiv Ksiv. So the Gemara says, what do you mean? It doesn't say that he should stand in place of his father, right? That he that he's gonna double up now because he's gonna get, you know, the the brother's Yerusha and then and then and then the, the brother and then and then the father's Yerusha. No. Yokum Ashim Achiv Ksiv. Velo Ashim Aviv. So no. So no. So that that we won't take the Jarsha that far. Um okay. Um yeah, look at um, look at Rashi for a second. Ashim Achiv Ksiv, Velo Ashim Aviv. That's um, yeah. Look at Rashi. Ksiv Vekevin de Bishash Kam Ashim Achiv Lo Shakel Su Lo Shakel Su Lo Shakel. Meaning he's he's Yakam Ashim Achiv, right? But at that moment when he when he comes to do what he's supposed to do to to, to marry the, the marry the sister in law, there's nothing to to collect at that point. And since he doesn't collect then, so he's not going to collect later, right? The shakel hashta lo no menichse achiv shakel and the menichse aviv to hayar sinu, right? Again, same thing we said before, because if he's going to be yorish, that that element or that that chilek of that was his brother's, that's not yarshning his brother, that's yarshning his father, right? So that that uh, you know, there's no we, there's no there's no indication in the pasuk that he attains some new status in Yerusha that he's going to be yorish, you know, yorish the the brother. Um, um, any more than the father, and, and, and so there's no reason to assume he gets extra. Fine. Um, okay, so Gemara says, Ema, Hecha de Leka Av, the Lishko Nachala, Tiskai Mitzus Yibum. Hecha de Ika Av, the Loshaka Nachala, Tiskai Mitzus Yibum. So maybe I'll say to you, okay, so maybe only if you're telling me that he only gets the Nachala when the father's not alive. So if, if the Nachla is an important element of Yibam here, so maybe I should argue that the, nach, that the only time there's a mitzvah of Yibam is when? When there's a Nachla to be inherited. But in the situation where the father's alive and there's no Nachla to be inherited, maybe there should be no, yich, no Yibam at all. Right? If, if, if so much of Yibam is you know, uh, stepping in in place of your brother, and you're, here you're not going to because you won't be able to inherit him, maybe Yibam doesn't apply in such a case. Because it's only when it can be you know, Yaakam Hashem Achiv, which is not possible because the father's going to get inherit the brother. What do, do we say that? So it says the Gemara back, Midi Yibam Benachla Talarachmona? 
Meaning, who said? Who said that Yibam has to do with property? Yibam is about marrying the sister-in-law. That's what it's about, right? So who said Yibam depend on Nachla? Do Yibam like you're supposed to. Yavam that's, all, that, that's what's supposed to happen. And if there's going to be now Nachla available for you, then great, you'll, you will, you'll cash in on the Nachla. But if not, you won't. But we don't, we don't look to the second step. Do your job, right, which is to do, do, do Yibam. And if then that, that, you know, if after that stage there's Nachla available, it'll come to you. And if not, not. There's no reason to assume that one is dependent on the other. Okay. So Yosef Rabbi Hanina Kara Kamed Rabbi Yanni. Rabbi Hanina Kara. Rabbi Hanina was a master, uh, you know, master reader of Sukkim and Darshan of Sukkim. And he was sitting in front of, so Kara is his name, Rabbi Hanina Kara. And he was sitting in front of Rabbi Yanni. And he said, the, the halacha is like Rabbi Yehuda, that uh, the father, the, the, that the brother does not, is not automatically Yorish, the, uh, his brother, if there's a father still alive. So Amalai, he said to him, poke kari karyech libera. Take your, uh, take your psukim and read them outside. Meaning, get out of here. This is, you know, it's a way to dismiss him. Ain halacha Rabbi Yehuda. No, we don't pass him Rabbi Yehuda. Tani Tana Kamej of Nachman, and another someone else was sitting and giving, saying over Bryce's uh, in front of Nachman, Ain Halacha Rabbiuda, and said also, the Halacha is not like Rabbiuda. So Amrlai, Nachman said to him, Kiman, who, who did you want to say we pass him like? Kirabanon? Pshita, that, that's obvious. Of course the Halacha is not like Rabbiuda. What are you like even telling me? Pshita, Yachid Rabbim, Halacha Rabbim. I mean, what kind of Bryce is this that says, Ain Halacha Rabbiuda? Of course the Halacha is not like Rabbiuda. Yehuda is a, a yachid, and the Rabbanon are the rabbim. Of course, we're going to pass it against Yehuda. So Amalai asked me, hey, she says, should I, should I erase the b'risa? I mean, this b'risa that I'm quoting that says, Ein halach Yehuda, should I get rid of it? So Amalai, lo. He says, no, you don't have to get rid of the b'risa. Uh, uh, um, so he says, no, you don't have to, uh, you don't have to get rid of it. Um, one second. Yeah, yeah. So he says to him, Ad halacha asniech. He said, you, you taught the halacha, right? You taught the halacha. Umukshahu da'akshilacha. Right? And then, and then you raise the question that is the problem with it in the first place, which is, you can't pass them like Rabbi Yehuda because halacha, halacha karabim, there's nothing even to talk about. Right? Ve'afchis. Right? Ulumai da'afchis, shapra afchis. And you, you flip it around, right? And you like reversed it in the right way because you found a problem with it and you reversed it the right way. So that's okay. Meaning basically like, it's okay. The fact that you had to then, you know, change things up in order to make it make sense. So that itself proves that you kind of need the b'risa there to, to remind us that halacha is really not, not, not like this mistake, which is to say like this, ever have the havamina that we pass in like Rabbi Yehuda. Um, fine. But, but the Maisa, you see very clearly from the conclusion of the Gemara, that the, 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 uh, the Gemara seems to assume, um, ain halacha, ain halacha Rabbi Yehuda. Um, Uh, yeah. Okay, fine. Um, good. So a new mission now. New mission. So right. So so it's not totally clear, but it, see, it would seem from the conclusion of the Gemara that we don't pass like Rabbi Yehuda, and that the person who uh, who gets you know that the, the individual who does Yerusha, does Yibam would Yarshin his brother directly. That's what it seems like. Um, even though, yeah, and that's how we 
And that's how we pass him. The way we know that, actually, if you look back in the Mishnah, one, two, three lines down in that Mishnah, see where's that Konis is Yavam, at the end of the line, there's that little Zion on top. That little Zion takes you to the top left corner, whereas the Ein Nishbat near Mitzvah, where it has a little Zion next to the, to the, the Samach Dalet, and it shows you where in the, in the Maimini, in, in the Rambam, and then where it tells you in Tor Shulchan Aruch, Sif Aleph, that we pass them like, like the Rabbana, not like Rabbi Yehuda. So that's how we pass them. Okay, uh, says the Mishnah as follows. Next Mishnah. And we actually saw this Mishnah quoted at some point earlier also. Acholot liyavamto, if a person does chalitza, hu asir bekrovaseha, vihi asura bekrovav. So a person does chalitza, again, a person marries somebody, so what happens? They become forbidden to their krovav. Right? So if I get, you get married to a woman, so now you're forbidden to her sister, and to her mother, and to her daughter, whatever, all these people who you become forbidden to, we've, we've seen these, these lists of individuals to whom uh, you are forbidden because of Arias. So not only are you forbidden midaraisa to someone that you actually do yivam with or someone that you marry, midirabanan, you become forbidden, when you do chalitza with someone, you become forbidden to their relatives as well. Look at Rashi. As if she's your wife. Right? In any scenario when a person does chalitza, so um, we chazal were concerned and said, once you're going through with chalitza, we want to make sure that you're not going to uh, marry any of the, any of the uh, relatives as well. We're going to see as the Gemara goes on what, what the concern really is. Um, so, so the bottom line is, to go back to the Mishnah, right? you're from, you, person, man does chalitza with a woman, he becomes forbidden to her relatives, and she becomes forbidden to his relatives. Who also be ima, ima, she becomes forbidden to her mother and her mother's mother or grandmother, or her, or her paternal grandmother, Ubebita uh, and to her sister, her daughter, Ubebasbita and to her granddaughter, Ubebasbina or her granddaughter from her son, Ubeachosa uh, and she's forbidden to her sister, Bizman Shihi Kayemes, as long as the sister, as long as the Chalutz is still alive, so he remains forbidden to her sister, just like a person is forbidden to his sister, a sister-in-law, as long as his wife is alive, right? Um, um, okay. V'ha'achin uh, mutarin. Right? However, even though the man who does Yibam, so again, Reuven dies, and he has brother Shimon Levi Yehuda. So Shimon does Yibam, does Chalitza with Reuven's wife. So all these halachos apply to, to, to Shimon and uh, Rachel, you know, Reuven's wife. Fine. However, Levi, Yehuda, Yisachar, etc., all the other brothers, they are not forbidden to anyone in Rachel's family. Why? They're, she's not chalutzasam, right? They didn't do chalitza with her. So they're, they're totally, as it, when it comes to um, their relationships with Rachel's family, so they have no, there's nothing, there's no, uh, no Yisurim uh, related to them and, 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 and Rachel's family. So Ach and Mutarit means the brothers who are left over, they're permitted to marry the other uh, to, to marry any of these, these women, any of these people, women who are the Krovim of this, uh, their former sister-in-law, okay? Vihi asur ba'aviv, she's forbidden to, now, her chalutzasos, you know, the, the man of the chalitza, his father, right? Uba'avi aviv and his grandfather, ubebno and his son, ubebenbeno and his grandson, ba'achiv, right, and also his brothers, ubeben achiv or his nephews. Right, all these people are are uh, forbidden, are forbidden to her. Again, she's not forbidden 
then she can't marry the brothers, right? But the point is that the, we said just before the brothers don't have any surum here. Yeah, the brothers don't have any surum regarding her family. They still can't marry her, right? She's still their former sister-in-law that they're still not allowed to marry. Um, uh, good. Okay. And now there's one last, one last relationship here, which is we just have to distinguish between these two points here, these two relationships. One is forbidden and one is permissible. So what's the case? So the case is as follows. And ends the Mishnah. Mutter Adam bekrovas tsaras chalutsaso, v'asar bitsaras krovas chalutsaso. So let's make sure we understand the distinction between these two cases. Okay? A person is permitted to the relative, right, of the, the tsara, of his chalutza. So if a man does chalutza with a woman, right, so again, Ruvain passes away, uh, his wife Shema, his wife Rachel is now has no husband, has no husband. Shimon comes and does chalitza with Rachel, right? Um, if if Rachel had a, if Rachel had a co-wife, right, and and Reuven did chalitza with her, right? So he is permitted, right, to the not to the not to the co-wife, but he's permitted to the co-wife's family. Okay, he, when he does chalitza with Rachel, he's forbidden to all of her mother, brother, you know. You know, all those people. But if she has a co-wife, right, and he does chalitza with the, again, not with the co-wife, does chalitza with Rachel, he is permitted to the co-wives, the tsaras, you know, father, mother, you know, grandfather, all the, grandmother, all those, all those people. Um, um, sorry, all the women, right? The, the, the grandmother, the granddaughter, all those, all those people of the, of the tsara he's permitted to, okay? Because again, he just did chalitza with her tsara, not with her. The asar bitsaras krovas halutasa, but he's forbidden, right, to the co-wife, right, to the tsara who is right, the a co-wife of the halutas karov. So, for example, if the um, if Rachel, right, who you do halitza with, if she has a daughter, right, so he's forbidden to the daughter, right. Um, and he's also forbidden that that daughter is married to somebody else, you know, somebody else and had a co-wife, uh, let's say, originally at some point. So he's, he's also forbidden to the tsara of that person, right? So the, basically, the, the people to whom he was forbidden before, the mother, the, the grandmother, the daughter, the granddaughter of the chalutza, he's forbidden also to their tsaras, right? But, but the, but the re- relatives of the tsara, let's say, of, his, of, the, of the tsara of the actual when we did chalitza with, all those women are permissible to him. Yes? Sort of? Okay. Uh, good. So, uh, so that's, we're going to have to, obviously, we'll, we'll see as we move along, uh, more explanation of that, of that distinction. Um, fine. But at the end of the day, that's, the, that's the, the point of the Mishnah, that when a person does chalitza, he becomes forbidden to all of her relatives, and she becomes forbidden to all of his relatives, even though they're not married. Right, the whole point is they just did chalitza and made themselves not married. Uh, but they, all the people to whom they would otherwise be married uh, are forbidden to them. Okay. So the, the question the Gemara is going to deal with is, that's all great. Chazal can make such a gzera, right? Chazal can say, we have some, a certain concern here. These are individuals who, when you marry this woman, would all be forbidden to you midah, right? So, so midah we make a gzera to make them forbidden to you, even, even in a scenario of chalitza. But what about the individuals to whom, when you're married to a woman, you would only be asked to them midirabana in the first place, right? Did Chazal extend that zera all the way to 
these cases also, and then in the situation of chalitza, they're also going to be usher to you. Because again, when something's asked to me, the raisa, Chazal can come in and say, okay, it's not asked to me, the raisa anymore, because the concern for the deraisa, I will now create a isa der But when something's already the, the, the first level isra of it in the first place, for example, shniyos larayas, which we talked about before, are only asked to me, the in the first place, do Chazal come in and say, okay, we're also making you asked to them, me, in a case of chalitza as a That's harder, right? It's concerned with gzeira, gzeira. Chazal don't do, don't do that. So how does that work here um, in this scenario? So let's just read the question and we'll see where we're going to have to stop in a minute, but let's just move a little bit. Ibailu. So the Gemara asked, uh, Oh, lo. Um, right. Did, they, did Chazal make it the gzeira of shniyos, right, which are individuals who are not forbidden midar raisa when you're married, uh, uh, when you're married to a woman. You're not forbidden to these relatives midar raisa, but Chazal you know, made a gzeira on them. Is that true? When you also did chalitza or not? Be'erva de araisa gazru buhu rabbanon shniyos? Be'chalutza lo gazru rabbanon shniyos? Odilma lo shna. Meaning, did they make, was that gezeira originally enacted only on the uh, individuals that otherwise, um, you know, this gezeira by chalutza, by chalutza, was it only on individuals who otherwise were asimid araisa? Or is it uh, even, even, um, on those that you were already asr midrabanan, if you would have married her, um, or no, we make do we make no distinction and say there's an isr even in the in the case of shniyos. So the gemara is now going to try to bring a number of proofs to, to prove that we do include shniyos, we don't include shniyos, and that's what we'll continue with tomorrow.